It's nice to be up here this morning. I've been at McKnight for uh, a little over 14 years, and this is the first time that I've delivered a message or a sermon from up here, and by the time I'm done, you may know why. So we'll find out. Hopefully, uh, we don't disappoint. So my mom had me cooking at an early age. So I remember being in the kitchen um, early, probably in grade school. And so my mom started us out making Rice Krispie treats. They're pretty easy, Rice Krispies, butter, and marshmallows. And really a great combination. I mean, really that's breakfast, right, for most of us. And so from there I grew into making other things. And my mom, we joined 4-H, and for those of you maybe rural, from more you know, rural areas, you might have an idea of what 4-H is. So I took cooking in 4-H, and so I graduated into things like making banana bread, right, and then maybe pies, and then I entered those in the county fair, where I never did that well, but certainly the food was edible, but I don't recall winning any major awards with my cooking. And then I get to college, and actually my mom told me, she said, Lane, I want you to learn how to cook because... You may be single for a while. I don't know if she was thinking about something or knew something I didn't, but that's what she said, and so I learned how to cook. In my senior year in college, I had a roommate who said, Lane, if you'll cook, I'll buy the groceries, and I thought that's an awesome, awesome opportunity for me not to have to spend money, and I can make some, I can make sloppy joes, and I can make tacos, and I can make things like that. So my, my roommate, Donnie, would go to Sam's and buy food, and I would make a supper. And so... By the time I moved to Dallas for my first job, and I started dating Kim, I'm feeling okay. I've been cooking for a while, and I've got some skills, and I've entered things in the county fair, so I'm pretty good. And I want to impress this girl because I want her to know that I'm, you know, not just good looking, but there's some substance there, right? I don't know why everybody laughed, but... And so I decided to invite her over for a dinner, and not take her out to dinner, but actually make her... A dinner. And so I don't recall what the main course was, but one of the things I do remember is I was also going to make dessert. I was going to make dessert. And so what I was going to make for dessert was cherry pie. And I love cherry pie. I do, Will. It's tart, sweet. I mean, it's, it's really good. And so, you know, in my mind, this is actually a strawberry pie, but this is what it was going to look like in my mind. It's going to look at the lattice top. And it's going to be really golden brown, on the, and it's going to be, because you're going to brush the pastry with butter, it's going to be awesome. And so I had the filling ready, and I'm, I'm making the crust, and I've got the crust, and I roll it out, and I try to get it in the pan, and it doesn't work. Something happened. I think it tore or something. So I, I do it over again, right? And I roll it out, and I had the same experience. And it looks something like this. Well, that's probably even bread dough. But what I discovered is the more I rolled it out, and more, the more I messed it up, the tougher the pastry became. And it finally became, came to the point where it was unworkable to the point where I took this ball of dough and I remember throwing it against the wall. Powder everywhere. Kim thinks this is a very funny story for some reason. But there's dough and flour everywhere. And so I was forced to start over again. And I think I, the second time was successful. I made the tray pie and apparently she liked the food because she stayed with me and we've been together for quite a while now. But that dough wasn't working with me, and I wasn't working well with the dough. And so today's lesson is about being adaptable, changing to better honor God, right? Not being like that dough, that, that, that experience that I had, but being flexible and 
being able to be rolled up, turned into a pie. And all of us are adaptable. All of us have experienced change. We've experienced a lot of change over the past two years. But if you think back to other things in life, a lot of things have changed in our lifetimes. Particularly those of us who are older, like me. Things have changed. And so, you know, I have this Bible right here that my mom gave me for my 18th birthday. And so as I go through my Bible, I've, I find a lot of notations in here. I find highlights. I find different things that, a scripture that struck me at a particular time in my life. And what's interesting, if you go back and read those things, and maybe many of you had the same experiences, I'm not the same person today that I was when I wrote some of those notations. Or I may actually read some of those scriptures differently than, when I, than I did back then, but it's an interesting time capsule to be able to pull this out. A lot of folks today, particularly probably the youth sitting up here, are going to use the YouVersion app on their Bible to study, right? And so we're not taking notes anymore necessarily, but I know Jeannie's probably got a lot of notes in your Bible, don't you, Jeannie? There we go. From 18 to 53, a lot of changes happen. Even as we think about social media that all of us use, I think I got on Facebook in 2007, right? And that's where all the cool kids were in 2007. We were on Facebook. And my brother Darren, who's a year younger than me, said, you're on Facebook? Why? Well, I was on Facebook because some kids from camp invited me to get on Facebook back in 2007, so I joined. And certainly Facebook has changed over the past 14, 15 years from being a social application for young people to now it's a social application for old people, right? It is. And so I, was, I started reaching out, doing some proactive outreach yesterday for all teen week in the summer, trying to recruit staff and find people. You know, I like to communicate via email because I can hit everybody at once and I can put a note, I can put a message in there, I can make attachments. Email's a great tool. But a lot of young people don't look at their email very often. So if you really want to connect with them, it's either a text or what I did yesterday for those I didn't have email addresses for, I sent them a direct message on Instagram. Right? So again, adapting to the time period, adapting to change, adapting to what's going on. And all of us are doing that. Every day of our lives, we're encountering things that are different, and we're thinking about those things, and then we're adapting. So what's required to adapt? What's required to adapt? It's a willingness to change. It starts with a willingness to change. If we're not willing to change, we're never going to adapt. And so I was thinking about what is required for me personally if I'm going to take on change, if I'm going to be adaptable, if I'm going to have a willingness to change how I think or how I feel about things, what's required. And I thought about James chapter 1, verse 19. And the verse says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I think these are the keys to being adaptable. And I'm going to tell you a story that I think illustrates this. So many years ago, um, Kim and I were living in Dallas, didn't have any kids. Kim had a great job working at uh, Dallas Christian, a Christian school. Um, I actually wasn't even in Dallas. It was in a suburb of Dallas, and she was teaching fourth grade. And I had a great opportunity at work, an exciting opportunity. I was super stoked. I was offered 
a new job and a promotion, but we had to move from Dallas to Chicago. And this was, for me, it was like, this is it. This is a huge step for the first time to be a manager, to, meet, to lead in an organization at any level. And so we made the decision to move from Dallas to Chicago. And I was so excited. AJ, this job was awesome, okay? It was awesome. And it was awesome for me, and so it was so awesome for me that I, I got to work early because I was excited to go to work. I was going to work at 7.30, and guess what? I also worked late, right? Because this is awesome. I love this job. And so I probably worked about 6.30. And so what's Kim doing when I'm there from 7.30 to 6.30? She has no job. We're going to church somewhere. What is Kim doing while I'm at work? I don't know what she was doing. Probably watching television. I don't know. But she, was, she had nobody to talk to. We didn't have any friends in Chicago. She had nobody. And I had instantly this group that I was plugged into and a job I was excited about, but I was leaving her at home by herself for 11 hours a day. So you'll be surprised to hear that one day Kim comes to me and says, you know what, we need to go to counseling. I go, what do you mean counseling? That's crazy talk. We have a great relationship. I love it here. This job's awesome. You got to, you know, she's got the problem, right? She's got the problem because she's insecure about what's going on at work and the people I have relationships and the women that are there and if she just trusted me more, we wouldn't need to go to counseling. Shame on you, Kim, for not trusting me more. Kim had the problem, right? Kim had the problem. So she went to counseling by herself. You can imagine how, what that did for our relationship. It helped a lot, right? Helped a lot. Or not at all. So Kim stayed on me as it related to going to counseling. And so finally, I went to counseling reluctantly. Okay, but if you think about where I'm at right now, right, have I been quick to listen? No, I haven't. Thank you. No, I haven't. Have I been slow to speak? No, and sometimes it's not just speaking out loud. Sometimes it's speaking in my head. Well, yeah, but you know, the things that we talk about when we're listening to somebody, but we're not really listening because we're thinking about what we're going to respond with, I was doing a lot of that, and I was getting angry. How dare Kim tell me that I stink as a husband? I didn't want to hear that because I'm an amazing person. Just ask me. I'll tell you. And so we went to counseling, and slowly over time, I guess it started to sink in that Kim wasn't nuts. Kim wasn't crazy. That if I really wanted to have a relationship and actually show her that I loved her, I needed to listen more actively. I needed to practice the, these things. I needed to be quick to listen. And seek to understand. I need to be slow to speak. Because if I'm just coming up with an argument for why she's wrong or why she's seeing it incorrectly, then I'm not really listening. And I can't get angry. I really need to honor what she's saying. So we ended up moving back to Dallas after a few years. And I had a really good friend. That I was working for Blockbuster at the time. I had a really good friend there. Um, and he had just gotten married. And he was talking to me about, oh, man, this 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 marriage thing's hard. It is tough. And my wife's telling me that we need to go to counseling. And so I told her, I told my friend at that point, I said, you know what, if your wife's telling you you need to go to counseling, you need to go to counseling because you guys need to talk. And so just in a few years, it was interesting, and I certainly still didn't have it mastered, and it's taken me years and years and years to get good at listening to Kim. But just in a few years, the transformation I went from, you're wrong, I'm right, 
everything's fine, it's all about you, to, you know what, it's not all about you. It's, you need to listen. You need to be willing to change. You need to be willing to adapt to make this marriage successful. And I wasn't willing to do that. So, but the change started with me. There was nothing Kim could do to change me. Not a thing. So she'd keep talking and talking and talking, but if I wasn't willing to listen and to comprehend what she was saying and be willing to actually think about my behavior and what I was bringing to the relationship, nothing was going to change. So I had to actually come to her. I had to move toward her versus making her or insisting that she move toward me. And hopefully I'm still doing that. You can ask him maybe after services if that's true or not, but I hope that's what she experiences today is me moving toward her and not me insisting that she move toward me. So in Hebrews chapter 4, we'll pull these verses up. A lot of words on this screen, but if you just follow along with me. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share in the faith of those who obeyed. And actually, if you look at this, we've also had the good news proclaimed to us. We've all had the good news proclaimed to us. Are we hearing it? Have you heard it? Have you heard the good news? And what is the good news? The good news is that Jesus Christ died for all of us. All right? And as a result of that, we respond to that news. We've all responded to that news. We need to respond to that news, giving our lives to him. But are you hearing the good news? Have you heard the good news? Are you hearing? And in verses 6 and 7, it says this. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So if you think back to my relationship story about Kim, I was maybe hearing her, but my heart was hard. My heart was unwilling to take on what she was saying. And so it's certainly possible for us as a church to hear what God is saying, but being unwilling to let it change who we are as a person. I'm good enough, right? My relationship with others in the congregation is fine. Somebody else can do that better than I can. I don't have enough time. I didn't like today's sermon. There's lots of reasons that we don't, that we hear, but we don't listen. Lots of reasons, and we harden our hearts. And we're, un we're resistant to change. We're resistant to being adaptable. We're resistant to being 
open to being changed by a relationship with God. And then finally, in verses 12 and 13 here in chapter 4, it says this. And I believe this is true. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. We have to let it penetrate so I can hear it, I can listen to it. We have to allow it to change us. Are you willing to be changed by God? Are you willing to be changed by the power of Jesus and his death and his resurrection? Are you, are you willing to be changed? Are you willing to be adaptable? Are you willing to be adaptable to change, to better honor God? And that's what our value of adaptability is all about. Because, you know, we can say we're adaptable as a church. That's awesome, Lane. We're going to be adaptable as a church. But if we as individuals are unwilling to be adaptable, the church will never adapt. We will never adapt. Each of us has to be willing to be adaptable. We have to think differently about our relationships with each other. So a huge benefit of being McKnight or any congregation is the fellowship that we have with one another. And so if I'm unwilling to reach out to Chris and her cancer and say, hey, how you doing? you need anything? What can I do? I'm going to bring you some food. And Chris feels like she's all alone and nobody cares about her. What happens to the congregation? It doesn't do well. Because we're not looking out, away from ourselves. We're not looking at this community that's around us. What does this community around us need? And how do we find out? We have to ask questions. We have to explore things. We have to be willing to try new things to better minister to the, the community in which we live. Well, that's not how we do things, Lane. We've never done that before. That's not how I like to do church. We might have a problem because we're not being adaptable, right? We're not thinking about the others that are around us that need to have a relationship with God, which is why we're here. If we're not bringing others to Christ, then we're not living out our mission as Christians. What's a relationship with like with God. So we maybe we're nailing our relationship with others here in the congregation. Awesome. I love it. We're taking care of Chris. We're taking care of others. But we're not listening to God. Where is God leading us? Where is God leading us? Where is God leading you? Where is God leading you today? And how do you talk to God? Are you spending time with him and studying in scripture, in prayer? Are you listening to that Holy Spirit that God's put in each one of us? What is the Spirit telling you to do? What is the Spirit telling you to do? That's what adaptability is all about. So it's great that we're on Facebook Live and that we're streaming this out there. Cool, we've, we've adapted, right? We're doing some different things. We've introduced some things over the past few years as a congregation to change how we do worship. Awesome. We've got some great things going on. But as you look ahead, the only way for us to continue to grow as a body 
to grow as Christians, to grow as a community, is to be willing to adapt. And I think it all starts with our willingness to let the Word of God penetrate our hearts. So really the question for all of you guys today is, are you being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry? Are you listening to what God is saying to you right now? Are you listening to what God is saying to you during the week, during the month, during the quarter, during the year? What is God saying? Let it penetrate. Take it on. Listen. And then we have to take action. So it's, it's not enough to just say, hey, I heard him. It's awesome. We're going to do this or that. Then we have to step forward on faith and make things happen. And certainly we're going to do that. We need to do that here as a congregation. We have to continue to adapt and grow in order to better honor God. And I think each of us individually also need to be on that same journey. So I'm going to challenge you guys to do that because what I envision long-term, if you think back to my pie story, is that all of us, think about that scripture that Heather read in the beginning, God is the potter, we are the clay, is that we are willing to be flexible, we are willing to be molded, we're willing to be shaped, and we're willing to let God turn, make night, and each one of you into a beautiful pie. Thank you.